if all is going according to plan, and if OBS is to be trusted, we are live. Ryan Williams Stolpe, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. Okay, so you're not familiar. Now, I'm about to talk about quantum physics. I want oh, to give God. a disclaimer right from the beginning. I am not a physicist. I have no idea what I'm talking Neither about. Neither am I. We are both not physicists. If you are a physicist watching, just click off. Mr. Chan, I'm sorry. Uh, that being said, so you, so if you like looking up things about science that will make you, quote, question your place in the universe. Yes. And have, you're have, going to have to reconsider everything that you thought about fundamentally how the universe and matter and energy work. Yes. So let me uh, try to give a, a layman's explanation of the double slit experiment. Okay. You have a piece of paper or something. Okay. And you have two little slits drawn into it. Mm -hmm. you, like you take an X-Acto knife, you draw one slit and one right next to each other. Yeah. Then, and these are really tiny, you shine a laser through it. Now how light works, or how we think light, light works, uh, is that it's, uh, it's, a, it's particles, energized particles that go forward. And a laser is this very focused beam of light. So mm -hmm. these particles are just zooming straight forward. Yeah. So if you were to if you were to shoot a bunch of particles at two little slits in a wall, then some of the ping pong balls would get through, but most of them would just bounce off. Yeah. And then if the ping pong balls had uh, wet paint on them and there was another wall outside of this wall, some of the ping pong balls that get through the little slits in the wall would leave a little splatter of paint. Yeah. If you toss enough ping pong balls through those two little slits and they land on the wall, you'll get what looks like those two slits, right? Yeah. Because you're just shooting these particles forward. It creates an impression. That's not what happens. They shoot light, which as far as science understands is a particle, mm -hmm. and it creates an interference pattern. You've got a t you've got like a tiny little slit and then a bigger, darker slit, a bigger slit, a bigger slit, and it uh, it looks like a wave. Now, if you were to uh, if you were to shine a wave through that same double slit, it would make what we expect, which is an interference pattern. We've got two waves that interact with each other. Right. Sort of like if you've ever seen uh, if you've ever seen a waveform of just a sine wave going doo, and then you go doo, and then you play the two things together, it like ripples yeah. up the sound. Right, waves. right, right, right. We would expect to see that interference pattern. Mm -hmm. But we see it with light, which as far as we know all of science and whatever Einstein said and et cetera, we know it's a particle. Ah. Uh, so scientists did this and they were confused by this. Right. So they decided, let's get our little, I don't actually know how they observe it, but it's like some sort of electron viewing device. Mm -hmm. And let's watch these little particles, these little electron particles, which that's what light is, go through the slits. Because why would they be making an interference pattern? That implies that they're moving like a wave, which makes no sense. Totally. So they observe it. And they see a bunch of little particles going straight th through the slits, and it makes just a normal double slit impression. They think, okay, there's something wrong with the way we're observing it. But Scientists have been working for years to isolate some sort of flaw in the observation system, and the generally agreed upon conclusion is that the mere act of consciously observing the particles actually going through the double slit changes the result and changes the way they behave. So the act of observing it, like not the phenomenon itself? Yes. Uh, what, basically, if we know what's going on, that changes what's actually happening. Uh. You've got a camera on the, on the wall in the back where you can see the interference pattern 
and then you switch on the electron viewer and then the interference pattern in real time immediately changes to a normal double slit impression. Dude, the universe knows. Yeah. The universe knows. All of this context, all of this like started because first of all, we were talking about astrology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Astrology. She's figured out a way to wind it back to astrology, folks. <laughs> We weren't recording that part. Astrology is absolutely, I don't believe in it legitimately, but for the aesthetic, it's so much fun. And Frank does not understand this because he doesn't understand how you could knowingly perform pseudoscience. And then we started talking about if we knocked a planet off of its orbit just a little bit, if we changed it, um, would it affect like the whole universe well, would it affect would astrology right would so it affect the astrology position of the planet, if you read your if you read your horoscope it says well jupiter is right here and venus is Wait, right let here. me see what my co-star said today <sighs> <laughs> i love this it's so funny you're so annoyed oh your day at a glance don't let anyone gaslight you thanks there go my plans what's the, i know lampshading um, what's, gaslight, what's gaslighting? <laughs> Wait, what's lampshading? Lampshading is a writing term where if you have a flaw in your story, mm-hmm. like let's just say, for example, your protagonist, supposedly sympathetic protagonist is completely unlikable. Right. Lampshading is giving a little nod to the audience that tells you, hey, we know that this is poorly written. We just don't care. Oh, okay. So that's like it's a it's a cop out way to show self awareness. It's almost like if you're writing something, you're absolving yourself of blame for a bad story, oh, but you're, you're not actually yeah, you're changing not taking responsibility. Yeah, you're like yeah, I, I know it's bad, but mm-hmm. but I'm still cool because at least I'm like you. I can tell I'm it's bad. I'm cool because I can tell it's bad. <laughs> well, gaslighting is a term that it basically means um, when you tell someone that what they're feeling is not real or legitimate. It oh. started as like a term for domestic abuse mm-hmm. when it would be like, you're you're like hurting me. Why are you saying this to me? And then they turn it around and they're like, you're just being silly. You're just being stupid. Like you're being irrational. Pause. <laughs> so your horoscope told you don't let anyone gaslight you today. Does that imply that other days you're supposed to be more relaxed on letting people I gaslight don't you? Know that's so, so if tomorrow is like it's still <laughs> it's annoying so if someone funny. tells you your feelings aren't legitimate but like it's kind of okay <laughs> i know because it's like oh yeah every other day i'm like yeah i mean my feelings are open to interpretation by you you can say if they're legitimate or not but on this one specific day no, i'm gonna hold yeah. my breath <laughs> no i know exactly what i'm feeling it, it's it's ridiculous you should <laughs> but that's like i i love seeing those things and being like that's so strange okay and then going about my day it's I entertaining strange to things me. i just don't like wrong things <laughs> strange things well i mean i guess but it to me it's not so much a wrong thing as it is just a sort of like because when you sign up for that like you put your birth and all this stuff in the app I, I don't feel like a lot of people expect for it to be a thing that, like, knows you. Because mm-hmm. that would 
imply that there's some like omniscient force that's within the app that actually understands your life i don't think anyone thinks that yeah like so to me i don't know i guess it is a wrong thing but to me it's more about the strangeness of it i I guess i just don't see the appeal of the quote-unquote aesthetic or maybe i haven't dived into it enough i haven't really decided (laughs) you know what i have looked on a pro like pro astrology literalist websites though oh it is hilarious oh my god where they're where they're like if you've seen the the video of james randy debunking astrologers here's why that debunking is actually false of course and they refute debunking the debunkers yeah they refute the common arguments against astrology dude and the website looks like it was designed in 2001 it's totally awesome that's incredible see like that's (laughs) i i love the like debate for the sake of debating because everyone knows well i think most people know yeah deep down except for some of the people on that i mean people believe all sorts of stuff the people who are refuting that yeah are definitely well yeah i mean if people can be like there there are definitely some opinions that people have that are like so completely like flat earthers yeah well okay how Oh, I'm. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh no! no I what have I say, done? I just, I don't know. I'm sick of all. I, it's the incredible amount of attention that flat earthers get. Right. It's kind of interesting to me because I'm not super well versed in conspiracy theories, but I know my okay. way around that realm. Right. There right. are tons of totally ridiculous ones. Totally. And of all of them, flat earthers, it's like you know how people say, "Oh, Billie Eilish is an industry plant." I think flat earthers are an industry plant for conspiracy theories because probably ma- like mass media news outlets mm-hmm. always talk about flat earthers and like, oh, look how stupid these people are. And it's on fr- like mainstream news all the time. Mm-hmm. And all the other crazy conspiracy theories never get that type of attention. Right. And maybe it just like rode the wave of the zeitgeist and caught uh, caught itself in this little spiral of popularity and it was all by chance. Yeah. But it really seems like this manufactured, uh, not necessarily manufactured, but I think that a lot of uh, a lot of people who make these publications and stuff like that just found something that's really stupid that they're smart enough to not believe in. And they want to share that with everyone. It's like, look yeah. how stu- look how stupid these people are. At look least we're st- not that dumb. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, it's kind of like a comfort mm-hmm. in the <laughs> like massive just shitstorm mm-hmm. that is reality and the world and like what people actually think. Because the like wave of anti science uh, sentiment that has like come out in kind of recent years. It's crazy because people think that they see a Facebook post that says that vaccines cause autism Mm -hmm. and they like share that like they're super smart and it's completely fake and I I just don't I I don't understand when people are like the science. Maybe they is just wrong. are into the aesthetic. I'm smart. <laughs> Maybe anti-vaxxers are just Maybe. in it because they like it. I don't know. I just like those Facebook memes with impact white uh, text with the with the black outline. Oh my god! Talking or about uh, the like... correlation between autism diagnosis and uh, X vaccine. I just like. I don't know. I just like looking at it, and I yeah. love the strangeness of it. Oh, I love the strangeness of it. Polio is supposed to make you really skinny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Polio 
latest crash diet <laughs> it's circulating around the Facebook mom marketplace. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, you don't want your kids to be fat? Then they'll die. Yeah. Just have them die. Don't get them vaccinated. I mean, I'd rather succumb to the black plague than autism. <laughs> I don't know about you. It's it's crazy. Like, dude, if you love your child, yeah. Then why would like why would you care more about them having autism, which is, you know, a, a spectrum that everyone can live a fully fulfilled and happy life, you know, while still being autistic. Like, it's not a... You know, there's, there's a lot of debate. There are a lot of autistic people who would say, no, having autism sucks, and I really wish I didn't have it, but... Well, yeah, you know, that's with everything. Yeah. That's uh, with everything. Yeah, obviously, if we say it, it, it's the old Penn and Teller bullshit uh, segment where, okay, let's just say one in 100 vaccinated kids get autism. Right. That's impossible because of how many kids get vaccines and how few of them actually are autistic. Yeah. But let's just say, for example, well, this is what these are the diseases that, that we know that the, that the vaccines are preventing. Would you rather one in 100 get autism or 25 of them get X disease, 10 of them get X disease, and et cetera, et cetera? It's insane. It's insane. Because now in, like, cities like Portland and Seattle, there are, like, epidemics where, you know, schools are, like, shut down because all of these kids have, like, the mumps. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to bring back the Black Death so bad. (laughs) They've got, got, like, a vial of it in somewhere in Colorado or Switzerland or something. Yeah, well, with all of the, like nostalgia obsession of like culture right now yeah i had Let's Andreas just, like, on the podcast a couple weeks ago i think he'd really appreciate a first-hand look into the medieval times oh he would love it if we just get that little test tube and we go little bloop <laughs> dink dink yeah. here, here, here you go yeah here hey come here little rat come here little lab rat here have this here have this okay now be free yeah now bite me and be free <laughs> Bite me and then be free. Yeah, look at this. I, I rubbed some peanut butter on my finger. Now take a nice big bite. Take a nice chomp. Mm-hmm. A nice little nibble. Make have a little sure snack. Make sure it cuts into the blood. Make <laughs> sure it cuts into the blood. And then you can go. You go have fun. Go infect all the other people. Yeah, for the sake of one third of the population dying, I'm willing to be the first. <laughs> you know? That is like so brave of you. I know. All these You're people, so all these brave. people, they, they want to, they, they want to cause massive horrific epidemics on all of humanity but then they want to be the ones who are still around yeah they want to survive that's so selfish if you can't commit to your projects then why do you start them Mm. yeah it's like (laughs) if you don't want to die don't you think that all those other people don't want to die either you have to put yourself in their shoes i know the super villain mentality Mm -hmm. is like oh like i want to see all these people die but like for the science. Yeah, they, but the I, people who I don't, die don't I'm not get to see to all the people die. Yeah. Come on, share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, like, so selfish <laughs> that you won't, like, share and getting to see all the people die. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not making sense anymore. <clears throat> Neither am I. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. Neither <laughs> are the Facebook memes about vaccinations no they're oh it makes no sense and the flat earthers they're like well i went up in an airplane and i couldn't see the curve so yeah checkmate scientists (laughs) i just always i've just always wanted to do that and what the heck am i saying 
My point is that I, the bit that I would do would be flat earthers are so stupid. Can't we all agree that at least at least we're not stupid like flat earthers? Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aha yeah. aha. Turn always... to the face next to your face and tell them. Yeah. At least we are not as stupid as flat earthers. And then the one kid in the class is actually flat earthers yeah. has to just like employ just their like, acting skills. Just like, yeah. Yeah. The earth is. At least I'm round. not as stupid as. <laughs> At least I'm not as stupid as flat earthers. Yeah, the earth anything. is totally round, obviously. It's totally round. There's totally not like a secret society of lizard people living on the other side i mean did i say side what they're uh, not living on the other side they're living among <laughs> us they just have really good disguises well there's a whole like like what is on the other side i'm sure people who know more about flat earth you're talking about conspiracy what's, theories. what's beyond the antarctica wall yeah <laughs> the antarctica wall yeah the, the, go off if, well if the earth is uh Thought like a pancake. Antarctica is like a big perimeter around Earth. Right. And so you're asking, what's beyond that? Mm-hmm. I think space. If the idea. But if if, if <laughs> you already believe the Earth is flat, why do you still like do science beyond that? Wait, but <laughs> there's just no other side. There's no other side. Oh, you mean like, the bottom? On, yeah, the bottom. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so because the the. Flat Wait, Earth, I don't think so. What is the flat? You Earth, don't think what? No, the flat Earth uh, argument for gravity. Mm-hmm. Is that there is there is no gra- the idea is that gravity makes uh, massive enough objects converge into spheres because if something uh. has enough mass then it attracts other things with large mass and right. then the uh, the most efficient way that that all comes they together is because they want to be stable. Yeah. So if the Earth if the Earth sphere is, flat, is the most stable shape. Yeah. If the Thanks, Earth is tar. <laughs> if the Earth is flat, then gravity as we understand it can't exist. So what right. they're saying is that the Earth is just like thrusting just going really fast upward just going and we're being pushed down by like the the g-force imagine if you were on a giant pancake and it just got (laughs) tossed in the air you would like (laughs) kind of splat down and be like whoa oh my god wait what do they think like g-force means stands for i don't think g-force has to do with gravity i could be wrong about that but i could be too but because because in the if you're in the international space station it's zero g but it's not zero gravity obviously there's gravity otherwise you wouldn't be able to orbit the earth right so like like weightlessness is a different phenomenon than just no gravity this episode of the podcast is just like two people who know very little about science talk about science yeah it's like trying to put together a lego set without the instruction (laughs) booklet or the picture of it so you know how it looks putting together ikea furniture and you're like well this looks like it should be a leg you just know it's a chair but beyond that mm. Mm. no have you heard of uh have you heard of the like no gravity day so there's a conspiracy theory that is someday in night i forget the exact date in 1976 mm-hmm. everyone became weightless and there was no gravity for one day and there are accounts of people who've experienced this now someone who's more deep into this conspiracy theory would probably have a good answer for me but how did everyone stay on earth <laughs> if there was zero gravity day Everything would leave. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it like would... it's not like you just get fifteen feet up in the atmosphere and then you're floating. Yeah. Well, as because as soon as you take a step, you would just kind of like keep going. Yeah, you just keep going. It, objects at rest will stay at rest, but the ones that get put in motion will just keep going if there's no gravity and to also, like stop it. If there's no gravity, then the Earth, as we discussed earlier, would stop being a sphere. There are a lot of problems with this Which conspiracy way would it theory. Wait, oh, yeah. So if gravity, the Earth would stop being a sphere. Yeah, if gravity just, just suddenly 
didn't exist. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the earth would look like. I guess it would, it would just sort of fizz out. Or, because there are faults underneath the, like, surface of earth. Yeah, but. And so would those just, like, kind of peel off? Well, if earth were the size of the, of an apple, Mm -hmm. the land, like, the crust land on earth would be the, uh, would be the thickness of an apple skin. Wow. This, the, uh, I don't think that the earth's crust has much of a say in the actual structure of earth. Right. Because under the fault lines is just a bunch of lava and magma and molten stuff. Yeah. Because if that's all just like wiggling around Mm -hmm. and then the earth's crust is like, you know, sort of keeping it, I don't know, from leaking except for strategic, well, why did I say strategically? It's not strategic at all. It's just If we believe that God designed the earth, then it absolutely is strategically. There's an intelligent designer and he was like, I want lava. God like made the earth. He was like, I'm gonna make an awesome lava planet. Dude, I And then he made this giant lava planet, but then it all kind of spilled out. It melted like an ice cream cone. And he was like, oh no, my lava is leaving. So then he had to to make a hard uh, crust to keep the lava inside. It's like, it's actually kind of genius. Minecraft, Minecraft, when you're digging like straight forward underground, and you just like break into just a pool of lava. And then it starts spilling out. That's what happened on Earth 1.0. And then on patch 1.1, God added the crust. God added the crust to make sure that he wouldn't lose all of his stuff the That's next time he had to respond. the original manuscript of Genesis says. <laughs> that very few people have read. People need to rewrite. People need to rewrite the book of Genesis as Minecraft. Yeah. It's like, sh- honestly, people don't need to. People have. I guarantee. Oh, pr- well, probably, yeah. And the f- the Great Flood was just like, if you're carrying a bucket of water and you place it accidentally and now there's water everywhere. Yeah. You have to spend a bunch of buckets to get it out. Anyways, Minecraft is not science. Whoa, hold on just a second. <laughs> Why is it taught in schools then? <laughs> the Minecraft remember class that, in middle school? Remember that big push uh, to have Minecraft be a part of school curriculum oh by a bunch of nine-year-olds who just wanted to play video games? But they're they like, it's educational! Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like the people in my engineering class in real life. <laughs> oh, Are you saying man. that the people in your engineering class don't exist? I'm saying that they play, like, Minecraft all, all class. You said in real life, so I thought you meant oh, you, like, you, walk, you walk out of class, you're like, okay, bye guys, you turn around to see them and they're all gone. <laughs> you're like, whoa. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if I was dreaming this whole thing. My dreams are really realistic and very normal, so sometimes I dream things that, like, actually didn't happen, and it seems so much like real life that I wake up the next morning and I'm like, yeah. So, yeah, like, about what we I have totally we're... normal dreams, too. <laughs> where it, where it, you, you, I've had a couple of things where I, it's been 2 p.m. and I finally reason I have to deduce and pick apart little minutia in the dream that doesn't add up in order to finally convince myself, no, that didn't happen. So you can lucid dream? I have lucid dreamed before. I've, I've never like. <sighs> I want a lucid dream so bad. Well, I've got, I've got a little bit of a crazy lucid dreaming story. Oh. It has to do with space too. This is all tying together. So Just two people who know nothing about science and space talking about science and space. Yeah, Let's so go. I was eight years old mm-hmm. and I had this dream. Okay. And what happened was um, me and my dad and my younger sister, Clara, were mm-hmm. uh, chilling at our house and okay. we get a knock at the door. We open it up and it's uh, some representatives of NASA. 
Okay. And I say, hey, we're preparing a uh, manned Mars mission, <laughs> and we want you three to be the first people on Mars. Oh and I'm God. like, wait, wait, wait. No, no one's ever been to Mars before. They're like, yeah, you're going to be the first people. The first people on Mars? <laughs> and I'm like, so wait, if I, if I like step out of the spaceship first, am I the first person on Mars? And they're like, yes, Frank, you are. And I'm just ecstatic. Right. I'm so excited. I get to be the first person on Mars. <laughs> so we load up into the spaceship. It's like, all right, um, the point 10, 9, 8, 7. I'm like oriented. I'm sitting, but I'm facing up towards the sky. Right. You're like fully. <laughs> yeah, the like smoke envelops uh, that little that little uh, peninsula off of Florida. Mm-hmm. And we and we go up and we're headed to Mars. And because it's a dream that what would be many week long trip takes like 15 seconds. Right. And then uh, we we touch down on the Martian surface, and I like push my sister out of the way so that I get to be the first person on Mars. I, oh, I and love I, that for you. I get down on there. I'm in my space. I'm actually not in a spacesuit. This is a dream. So right. I'm, ju- I'm just like you know. You're like in jeans. No oxygen. Yeah, just t-shirt and jeans. Uh, <laughs> somehow there's oxygen in the Mars. atmosphere. It's like 70 degrees outside. I don't know how <laughs> it's that like works. A, it's like a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I get up there and I'm just observing the Martian landscape. Like wow. I'm the first person on Mars. This is so what it looks sick. like. It's amazing. And then so I sick. see something in the distance. There's a house. Oh, and you're like... It's like some normal, it's like suburban house. But it's not It's not a suburban house in the idea that it's a suburb. It's just completely barren Martian red desert. Mm-hmm. And then one house. One house. Just out in the distance. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> I was supposed to be the first person on Mars. There better not be any people in this house. <laughs> for the people in the house. So I go over to the house, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my dad and my sister and I, we all go to the house and uh, uh, I, we, we like knock on the door and uh, th- this mom and her son who was about my age open the door. They're like, hey, how are you guys doing? You, you came to Mars too? And I'm just fuming mad. <laughs> like, who are these people? Are I was told <laughs> that I was going to be the first person on Mars. And so I started drilling, the, I started drilling this kid who's like about my age, maybe a little bit younger. I'm like, right. How long have you been living here? He goes, a couple years. I'm like, what? How long? And, 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 he, and I'm like, how? He's like, oh, through NASA. They, uh, they sent us up to be like, you know, test subjects. We're the, we're the first people on Mars. We've just been chilling here. You know, we're living here. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yes, we are. We are official. NASA selected me and my mom to be to the be first, the first people, people on, Mars. on Mars. Not you. You are the third person on Mars. And I'm like... I, third this is place. Third place. I may as well third. be 7.5 billionth place. Oh my god. But then I think, wait a minute. I'm here on Mars. No spacesuit. It's like 70 degrees outside. What if I'm dreaming? <laughs> you were you were like, wait. Yeah. I don't have to be sad because I'm dreaming. Dream. Yeah. <laughs> so I turn to this kid and I'm like, ha. I've got you. I'm gonna one up you with that. You actually don't exist. I'm oh dreaming right now. God. Beat that. Oh my god. And he god. goes, No, you're not dreaming. Like, yeah, yes, I am. And then I remember because my, my dad's lucid dreamed before and I when I was a little kid I I used to be really like interested. I'm still interested in the idea, I just don't have the time to dedicate any thought to it. Right. But back then I like asked him about dreamings and how to tell if you're in a dream and stuff, and he told me that if you're ever in a dream and there's some sort of sign or thing with words on it, if you look at that sign and then you look away from it and then you look back and if the words on it have changed, that means you're in a dream. 
Okay. It's not a digital screen. It's like some. It's like it's, there's a road sign. Right. And it changes. That can't happen in real life, but that no. almost always happens in dreams. Oh. Conveniently, right in their backyard, there's this big road sign with a bunch of text on it, and I'm like, aha. I'm going to prove to you that this is a dream. Watch uh-huh, this. I'm uh-huh. going to look at it, and then I'm going to look back, and then I'm going to look again, and it's going to be different. So I do. I look at it. I look back. I look uh, away from it. I look back at it, and I can see the original text fading into the other text, like a tra- like the default iMovie transition. Default iMovie. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. I'm like, bingo! I've just proven that this is a dream. There's no way that that could ever happen in real life. Check you are not, because now I'm not even concerned about being the first person on Mars. I just don't want this kid to be the first person on right. Mars. You're not the first person on Mars. He's like, yes, I am. That's actually secret government technology that was developed to make these ordinary looking road signs be able to change the text. Sure. This isn't a dream. Sure. He refuted That's... my way of figuring out how to tell if it's a dream. Because it's your own brain. So then something happens in the dream. The and only later, one who can art- outsmart Frank yeah. is Frank. So like my dad and the, and the mom are like talking about stuff. Like, so how's life on Mars? Like my, my dad's pretty chilled out about it. He doesn't right. really care about He's being the first person. He was already the, you know, after me and Clara. <coughs> right. And so I like, we're inside the house. I corner this kid. I'm like, look, I know that you gave me this cute story about how the government secretly invented technology to specifically refute my way of telling whether or not it's, whether or not it's a dream but I need you to be extra clear with me. Is this a dream or not? And then he gets all scared. He looks around. He's like, okay, don't tell anyone. I said, don't tell anyone that I told this to you. This is actually a dream. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I didn't expect him to say that. He's like, the government told me not to make you guys think that this is real life, but you're actually dreaming right now. Oh my God. So I'm getting these conflicting... All right, let's, let's break this down for a second. We have... Uh, we have this complete figment of my imagination. We have a character that was made up by me that only exists in my brain. Right. I'm meeting him and he tells me that he's real. Right. Then he tells me that there is some outside force of people who made him tell me that he's real, even though he knows that he's actually fake. Oh, he, yeah, he knows that he's fake. So like the, the, my dream production company's studio heads are trying to fool me. Dude. But then one of their one of their like lower one of the actors or something who maybe wasn't unionized yet he managed to let it slip through the cracks. Yeah, wow, dude. So that's that's my <laughs> that's my weirdest dream. That's like a really good one. That's insane. I see. Like I've never uh, been able to lucid dream, and all of my dreams are like, <laughs> um. They're, they're like super normal. Most of them are just me having conversations with people that I actually know. Like, it, it's, uh, it's so annoying <laughs> because um, I, I will like have a dream conversation with someone and then it'll be like totally regular. Like, I'll just dream that I'm hanging out with someone mm-hmm. and then I, I'll like wake up and reference our dream conversation and they'll be like what like and i i dream that sometimes i can't tell if i've turned stuff in or not because sometimes i just dream that i go to school <laughs> like it's so crazy well i think it's because like i don't get a lot of anxiety dreams mm-hmm. but i have a lot of anxiety in real life and so then when i like go to sleep it's like okay it's chill time mm-hmm. <laughs> we- we can just like hang out. Yeah, and your your brain doesn't like feel like putting any effort into making a story or something. Yeah, it's like okay, it's time to relax. And you feel like, well, wait a minute, I could have flown around. 
I could I could have like gone all over the world and oh, there are so many missed I'm opportunities so, in mm. a dream because you can theoretically you can do whatever. Yeah. I've I don't think I've had a flying dream. I uh-huh. there was this one time when I was younger when I realized I was in a dream and uh I decided, oh wait a minute, this is a dream. This is perfect. I'm gonna fly. And then I like just, like jumped up and tried to fly and then I just fell on the ground. You, I couldn't I couldn't you fly. You couldn't do it. Your brain is My brain's like, nope, that's not how it works in real life, Frank. Nice try. <laughs> nice try, Frank. You can go to Mars and <laughs> yeah, like you can go to be Mars. like chilling on the surface of Mars with no spacesuit, no oxygen. But like if you try to fly like mm-hmm. mm, that's that's no. Yeah. That's not gonna work. I'm trying to think of like I've had one dream when I, I I didn't know that I was in a dream, it was 100% like real to dream me. But uh, I I had a dream that uh, me and a bunch of my friends were um, we were in this house in San Francisco, and the house was like I'm just gonna, okay, the house was like it was like a townhouse, but the inside was way bigger than the outside and it was all like none of it made sense like everything was like going up the walls it wasn't like laid out like a normal house right and so in in my dream we were being chased me and like a bunch of people were being chased but only like around this house for some reason we couldn't like go outside and so the adults who were chasing us couldn't uh, do anything special, but we were like uh, in line with the rules of the house. So we could basically run up the walls and jump and float around and like run through this endless tangling landscape mm-hmm. with all of these people chasing us on the ground, like, you're darn kids. And we're like, <laughs> like totally like flying around. And I, I had no idea I was in a dream. I was like for real like terrified of being caught and I don't know why I would that's like the only kind of anxiety dreams that I get which is weird because it's it's only one yeah hmm. where it's like I but like being physically like running for my life more pretentious psychoanalyst than I would tell you why that is and like I know. some childhood trauma maybe I know oh we love that oh we love that yeah well, I, don't, I don't I don't know there are a bunch of different theories as to why we have dreams and what they really are and mm-hmm. so and what and a lot of them are really cynical it's like look when you're when you're sleeping uh, your brain is firing a bunch of neurons and then when you're conscious, you try to re- recollect what happened and you interpret it as a story and it just strings it together, which is so That's boring. That's lame. I want my brain to be coming uh. up with stuff that uh, that is like psychologically interesting. And- See, maybe it's fake. Maybe the super cynical version is real, but for the aesthetic... Well, no. See, I choose to like... I choose to err... Al- Sometimes I almost err on the cynical side because... It's less fun to believe, and that means in my in my brain, I'm, I, now again, this is maybe the opposite thing, but it's also pseudoscientific. It's like if it's less fun to think, then it's probably more likely to be true. Oh no! Just because of experience of thinking that cool things are going to happen, and then getting let down enough times. Ah, uh, salty. Uh, but yeah, it's there. Are, I've had too many dreams that are obvious metaphors. Right. Where you would you would dissect them in English class. 
Yeah. And Mr. Gentleman's like <laughs> you trying would to say, talk to you uh-huh, about uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like how is this indirectly characterizing Frank? <laughs> where Frank's where, dream. Yeah, where there's no way that there like it's stuff where I suppose maybe my conscious brain recollecting those random neuron firings and mm-hmm. coming up with some story would have some would have some like greater fear or less uh less uh less specific um thing that the thing that it's dealing with and then right. it wants it wants to apply that symbolically to something else i don't think that my that my involuntary brain functions are that complicated it doesn't yeah. it doesn't seem like i would recollect the dream because i don't we don't consciously think oh bunch of synapses fired last night i've got to come up with a story for <laughs> oh, it oh my synapses are really worn out must yeah. have had a so <laughs> must I, have had a wild night I, th- my problem with the cynical brain theory is that i find it hard to believe that that something that's completely involuntary like trying to recollect random neuron firings mm-hmm. is capable of coming up with something that has so many so much latent meaning right on the other hand, maybe I'm cherry picking and I've had a bunch of complete nonsense dreams and by probability some of them seem to be like Freudian in some way or whatever. Yeah. And I, and I pick up on those and I think, oh, okay, well that's proof that there's some sort of subconscious, uh, some con- subconscious process going on that's processing uh, like more, more broad emotions and fears and stuff. Yeah. Well, because like I have had dreams where I'm just having a conversation with someone who is not in my life anymore right and that and I have woken up from that and immediately like it doesn't take like a what was I just dreaming about like I immediately knew I thought I was still in that conversation and then suddenly I was awake and I was like it's like trying to like process actual it, it might just be like our brains just sleep our brain is like yeah but then there's always that, into it. that interim period in the in the morning when you when you're only half awake mm-hmm. and reality only is half real you think you might have been dreaming like is that a possibility or no did you just suddenly teleport into your bed from right. a real event it's totally. totally illogical but it's possible that during that during that like 10 minute phase where you're not quite awake but you're not quite asleep is when the construction of the dream narrative happens. Yeah, I, I guess it takes it's it's just like the the part that boggles my mind is how instantaneous it is. Mm-hmm. Like how your brain suddenly like can self-realize this entire story in a split second, especially when you wake up and you think you're still in the dream. You think you're you're like about to do something and then you wake up and you're like <sighs> Yeah. And there are other times when maybe you liked the dream, but then you can tell that you can tell that you're waking up, and you're like, "No, eyes closed." You want to <laughs> I've get done back that in. so many times. <laughs> I need to go back in. Yeah, I've actually done that a couple times. Actually, mm-hmm. I've it's because it's like some of my dreams have been like movies, where especially I did this a lot when I was younger and I was not as tired all the time. Is Those I were the good old days. oh the good old days. Uh, I miss when sleeping was a choice and not my brain just running out of batteries. <laughs> but um, I would like I would be in a dream and I I would wake up and I'd be like, mm, let's take that from the top one more time. 
<laughs> and then I like go back to sleep and go back to a specific point in the dream and then continue it. And then the changes, well, sometimes the changes that I want would be there. And sometimes it would be a different like converging point of the story that I didn't expect. And I was like, wait, no. <laughs> Do you ever get uh, like... Are you ever conscious and you're aware of your, your your brain is conscious but your body's not conscious? You ever get that? Where sleep, sleep paralysis? Where sleep paralysis and just generally no. feeling all the neurotransmitter shutdown stuff. I hate that. That you is get my sleep paralysis. Um, occasionally. Do you see demons? Uh, no, no. But and it, and it's not it's not bad. But like I'll wake up and I won't be able to move. And I'm like, come on, move, move, move. And then I go. I think about it hard enough, and then, <laughs> and then all the stuff your that entire body like, uh, I'm like, okay, that's over. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I never. I always like, I, I wake up, and usually the first thing I do is like. You actually do that. You breathe in through your nose. Yeah. <laughs> I breathe in through You're my like, nose. Ready to start the day. <laughs> no. I hate it. I want to be back asleep. If I had the excuse to be like, sorry, I can't move. No, but I'm That's but tough. I'm deathly afraid of not being able to of being conscious and not being able to move. It's scary. Oh, true. It yeah, it probably is. Yeah. I'm just privileged. <laughs> not having to do with sleep paralysis. And I'm like, but wouldn't it be a yeah. cool experience? So that's why I don't think that I've I've gone back to my dreams too much because I'm I fundamentally am very uncomfortable with the with the idea of falling asleep. Oh. There have been times and it doesn't happen too much anymore because like you said, it used to be, Oh, we have to go to bed and we now have to it's go to bed. Okay. Just one more hour and then I can finally get to bed. <laughs> yeah. But uh but I, there have been times where I've lulled myself into staying up for hours on end awake in my bed because I'm realizing I do not have any memory ever of falling asleep, right? Oh, You yeah. remember being awake, and then you remember being asleep, and then you remember being awake. Yeah. But the actual process of going, I'm shutting down now. Right. You, you forget That it. was very good, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but, and, yeah. But you never remember it. So what I would think is, my God, this is the first time I will ever experience this. Or, it, effectively every time my, you were like yeah, this is going to be the first time this is my first time actually experiencing falling asleep and it's going to be really scary for all i know every single other night of my life i've been like oh my god i'm falling asleep oh this sucks oh this sucks and then i forget about it right and i would be thinking to myself well this is going to happen again but i will have experienced it for the first time and i don't want to feel that because right. i don't I don't like the idea of my consciousness being altered by some external force. Now, right, right. falling asleep is pretty internal, but still, yeah. like whenever people talk about brain chemicals and, oh, well, that caused your dopamine gland to do this. So okay. then you feel rewarded. That uh -huh. really freaks me out. I hate <laughs> brain chemicals. I want to live in a world where your brain is just is just this like orb inside your body. Mm -hmm. Now, don't give me another oh, astrology for the aesthetic argument. <laughs> But I really don't like the idea that my brain is this thing that like squirts out little like, okay, now you're going to be happy. Oh, now you're sad. And then it flows throughout my body. Whoa, I feel good now because of the serotonin. The serotonin. That, that's oh, serotonin. That, I miss her. <laughs> that, like that freaks me out. So, so the idea, the mere idea of falling asleep right. is kind of like... I've never had to have surgery. Uh-huh. I hope I never have oh surgery. Oh, my God, same. Because the scariest thing I can possibly... <clears throat> I would rather be 
God, what's really scary? I'd rather jump off a cliff mm-hmm. than lay down and then they put the mask over you and then they like inject the yeah. sleep chemicals. Are into you just you. not gonna get your wisdom teeth out? God, I don't like I uh I had two teeth pulled uh-huh. when I was nine. And usually with a nine-year-old kid, they give you nitrous oxide. Mm-hmm. I did not want the nitrous oxide because then the, the idea is that, well, I'm inhaling that and then it's going to make me, it's going to alter my mental state. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. And I was even scared of the, what is it, the, like the Novocaine or whatever that they, that they used to numb your mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was panicking, not because they had a big needle. I don't care about needles. But I, I hate needles. Needles are fine. Do you like spiders? No. But like, but like, are you scared of spiders? Like, do spiders yes. make you? I can kill them spiders, though. Those... I can kill them though. Okay. I I I am strong. I have mastered my anxiety. You've overcome but your when fear I see of them, spiders like... practically. Yeah, kind of. I I'm pretty fine with I'm pretty fine with needles and spiders. Those are the two fears that everyone has, but I don't. I well, I hate needles. <laughs> like my my back is doing weird things. Like mm-hmm. even now, just thinking about it. Yeah, acupuncture. I, I hate. Uh, no, but I I hate the idea of anything going into my skin. Okay. It's it's a like I'm very conscious of it, and it's it's like a weird like if if I see it happen, I like I can't deal with it for a long time. Like gore and violence in movies or tv or anything i couldn't watch it Mm. and i i still like i really don't the idea of like watching someone get hurt i hate because if i see it then i feel it in my own body and especially even if i like look at a needle i can feel it like going into my skin and i'm like "Eh, gotta protect I'm one of those sociopaths who has more empathy for animals than people. I can watch people get maimed and I'm fine. But as soon as it's a cat, I refuse to oh, watch. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Like every now and then there's some controversy about someone made a video where they're abusing their dog or something. Oh, I know. And, and, the, and I'm always, my mouse is always hovering over the thumbnail of the video where they do it. And I'm like, do I want to watch this? Yeah, no. No, definitely not. I don't understand how people can make those things. Yeah. It's like actual, like, like real serious sociopath shit. Mm-hmm. Like if, oh, if you make a video where you like knowingly hurt a, a living being, or even if it's not a video, even if like, like or the, even if yeah, if you hurt a living being and you're like, haha, like well, how many you, you kill spiders? Those are living beings. Yeah, but <laughs> self defense. <laughs> It's probably a harmless, but a lot of spiders are not capable of poisoning humans. What about uh, Daddy Longlegs? Well, I try, I try to get them out humanely most of the time. Yeah, but if they're but like, what like, about wait, ant- you've stepped on ants, right? I'm, I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to narrow in on the, on the can moral dilemma. Can ants scream though? No, but neither can, uh, neither can. Spy- Hold on, what's something they can't scream? Uh, fish. You okay with killing a fish? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's that, expressions of distress, I guess. Yeah, that, you like, can make see a difference. cat's face and a cat'll like meow at you. Yeah, it's like there's a weird, like the I- emotion, like triggers. Mm-hmm. That's like you, because like as a human being, I see body language and I recognize it in my brain as like something that has some sort of relatability to me. But I, I guess, like, 
things that well I wonder I wonder if I met an alien that showed no um like signs of body language that we're accustomed to mm-hmm. if we would like cease to feel any yeah. sort of like connection to it their way of expressing pain is like they're, they're, yeah, some well, sort maybe of... they maybe they don't like have faces. Yeah, because a face is something that you can see that can make an expression. Yeah, we see faces in cars and on yeah low low resolution pictures of Mars craters. You know, like, right, we're super. Trained I love my to... car's face. My car's very cute. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I totally see like like faces and things that are recognizable to me as like some like little kernel of humanity then i it automatically has feelings and emotions okay but is there here's my question because i have never been in a position where i am pressured to kill a person or an animal with a face thank god luckily Luckily. hasn't happened yet right but i i like to think that that if i were to it would almost be more difficult to pull the trigger on a cat or a dog because you, because there's almost a little bit of it. It's like this uncanny valley where you can tell that they're feeling emotions and you can empathize with them because they have faces and they can move their eyebrows and they can meow at you. But you can't. You don't have that nonverbal communication of like, "Hey, man, mafia is making me do this." Like nothing personal. Yeah. You can't. You can't quite communicate with the cat or the dog. Yeah. And that's what almost makes it more sad. Is they don't. They aren't aware of what's coming to them. Yeah. Well, because that's what like lots of people don't understand about human uh, about like animal behavior is that animals like they technically don't have morals at least most of them don't like elephants will go back to the skeletons of you know their family yeah mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell (laughs) blah 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 but like when dogs misbehave it's because they're just doing dog things. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have the the human, like, we're going to talk about why this is bad. You're going to understand rationally why I don't want you to do this. And then you're going to make the conscious decision to do good or evil. Like, there's no concept of good or evil. Mm-hmm. There's like, I feel like doing this, like, this would bring me some benefit and like this wouldn't bring me some benefit. So you you can't like I don't know. It's incapable for an animal to be consciously evil. So then with that in mind, like how do you like knowingly <sighs> that creature can't understand why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, and that's like the the most heartbreaking situation you can think of is the dog thinks that you're going out for a walk to play, but like, oh no, I actually have to execute no, you. I can't. Right? I can't. That's oh, worse God, than no, killing a person. I hate it. it Isn't is, that? Because a person is. at least knows, okay, I'm about to get murked. I'm, Hopefully yeah. people miss me. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Like, it, it sucks, but I understand that this is a thing that's happening, and I understand in some capacity why. Yeah. When if we have the space to do that. Yeah, when we did the... Uh, when Josh and I were going around getting people's answers to the trolley problem, and we did one person versus five dogs, and we did people versus animals, you were one of the few people who I, I thought that I would get more people on my team who are like nice to animals. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, people are like, "No, five hundred thousand dogs, I would kill them to save one person." No, no, no. I 
it, and like jo- and Josh and I had had a, like an argument about this. Is like, so okay, we've got one dog and one person. You right. have to kill one of them. Who do you kill? Okay, fine. I'll kill the dog because we've got a one to one ratio of lives. And so when it's kill one life or kill one life, that's even. So you go with the one. It makes sense to save the species that you are because that's how animals work in general is that yeah. they work to proliferate their own species. But as soon as you have two lives versus one lives, two li- two dogs versus, versus one, one person, person, who do you kill? I'm s- I'd seriously consider killing the person. Yeah, me too. And Josh is like, are you insane? I would kill I 500 million dogs to save one person because... The, the, the logic is that people are just so special and so h- more higher evolved than animals that we're more valuable. <laughs> Which I, sh- that I just mean, goes back to yeah, the Mark sure. Twain the Mark Twain um, excerpt that we read in yeah. Old Scott's class mm-hmm. <laughs> about how, like, is man really the higher animal? Which, I mean, we are. Like, sure, we're, sure, we suck, but other animals are also mean. Like, and and we're just way more intelligent than other animals. There, there are by our the way that we judge people. If mm-hmm. we judge animals by those same standards, oftentimes we will be disappointed by animal nature. Yeah. Because they're they're working to self preserve, and like you said, they don't really have morals the way we do. And I don't even want to open the can of worms of like, well, how do we know that we have morals? How do oh we know God, rationally that, that something's wrong? That conversation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is not the Joshua Clymer podcast. This is the Ryan Lillian Stilpy podcast. <laughs> the Ryan Lillian Stilpy podcast. Well, this is also not the um, <laughs> Adventures of Huckleberry Finn uh, discussions from last year. Yeah. Where we're like, what is good and evil? What are morals? Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean to be ignorant? But, like, does being... Because we are obviously more complicated in our, like... I don't know, mental whateverings than most animals are, but does more complicated mean better? That's a good question. What is better? You have to, you, first you have to define more complicated, but then the more important one is how do you define better? What makes something good? What makes something bad? I know. I'm it getting just us goes, down that track, oh, aren't I? The layers, the Ugh. layers. It just keeps going. Yeah, there's nothing more tiring to the brain than trying to figure out what I know, a basic word the, actually means. Oh my, no, I hate it. Because the more, like, the super surface level question, or the super surface level, like, answer that we just accept is, like, yeah, humans are better than animals. But, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it still goes back to, like, well, what does better mean? Yeah. And it's like, well humans could be better because we're just more complicated so we think that because we have all of these super complicated behaviors and all of these super complicated like decision making processes does that make us better but then what is better (laughs) i don't know (laughs) how do we understand value Mm -hmm. like man how do how (laughs) mic levels are too low if you lean back i know but i'm having an existential crisis (laughs) that's what happens on the frank curly show folks please come be a guest please come be a guest and ruin your own life by just thinking about your existence i i don't know well it's also like i'm super caffeinated my my mic stand is empty Mm mm-hmm uh, as you can see, there's two shots of espresso in there that are now coursing through my veins. 
All right, so Which we're going to get some good good speaks. Oh, yes. Good speaks, good talks. Uh, AP Lit, by the way. AP <laughs> I can't write, do writing good. I, I, I do writing good. I passed the AP Lang test. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's like my last resort. Someone's arguing with me. is like, why did you screw over these people and start a pyramid scheme that made everyone $100,000 of oh, debt? Pyramid. I got a five on the AP Lang exam. Okay, <laughs> you can shut up. Okay, that's literally <laughs> me. Literally me. I'm like, you're just like, because um, Estelle is Gentleman's TA, mm -hmm. and she writes the prompts for the regular English 4. Oh, man. She writes their essay prompts. And so I have friends. Does she in take suggestions? <laughs> I, I don't know. You could ask her. Estelle, Estelle, if you're watching, we have some ideas for you. But um, I have, like, friends in the same friend group who are both, like, AP Lit and regular English 4. And when Estelle is talking about, like, ah, oh, yeah, I was, like, I was writing the prompts for regular today. And they were, like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you, my friend, who I'm sitting at this table with eating lunch as equals you're writing my essay prompts that's the fallacy she's not an equal she's an ap lit i mean she's better than you all you regular english people regular that's english actually how it works <laughs> regular so english that, people you think that since you're effectively just the like, same and like there's no correlation with anything and it's just a matter of making the decision to take the class that like people who are in ap lit and people who are in regular english are like the same and peers and equals that's not how it works no you've been in high school for three and some odd years <laughs> Three and some odd, yeah. Like, oh man. Aha, aha. Turn to the face next to your face and say, I am superior because I took AP Lit. No, but here's the problem is that the people who are inferior aren't in the classroom. If he did a mix, <laughs> English for an AP Lit, he's like, okay, so we need to stratify it. We need to make everyone sit. We need an AP Lit person, regular person, AP Lit person, regular person. Right. Then he can say, now turn to your neighbor and say, aha. Now, if your neighbor is an English 4, you say, I am better than you. If your neighbor is an AP Lit, you say, I am worse than you. <laughs> All hail. <laughs> but it would be total, like, classic academia to have everyone in the room be AP Lit, and you're all just congratulating each other yeah. on being so smart and so much better. Because we are? <laughs> like, after, uh, you know, if we... If you were to do a play, for example, mm -hmm. and you did it really well, then you guys would be like, yeah, we did awesome. We, we totally crushed it. Nobody flubbed their lines. Good job, team. In the same way, if you are born into the higher strata of humanity that takes AP <laughs> Lit, <laughs> you would congratulate each other. It's, <laughs> it's simple logic. That's, that's how it works. Just get dunked on. Mm -hmm. Get dunked on by life. Yeah. Uh, but we are the ones who are, uh, we're all the fools. We are the world changers. I don't know what you're no. saying. Mm -mm. Are you trying to like? Mm -mm. Are you trying to like break the sarcasm? Uh, I mean, am I? I don't know. I just feel like the. Oh, you're the being longer... sarcastic by saying that we're fools. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, AP lit people are so dumb, aren't we guys? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what? Like, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, we're so much better because we're AP lit, and then reality is worse none of us have it together at all that's hilarious mm -hmm. yeah ryan's really good at committing to a bit and saying something that's not true but making it seem oh, true yeah totally sarcastic yeah. <laughs> the other day um we i was downtown with nasim and estelle and bruce 
And we ran into Mrs. Martinez. Oh, great. This story I'm again. sure you remember her fondly. Did you, watch, did you watch the Nassim podcast? She already talked about her encounter, your guys' encounter. The well, only... did, she, did she tell you what she said about me? Um, she just told me that Estelle pronounced uh, plebeian wrong. Oh, yeah. That was that's, really funny. That's about it. That was really good. But, uh, well, another facet of this story that has uh, personally... Uh, just been a blight on my life is that I thought you were about to say blithe. <laughs> a blithe on my life. Um I love blithe. But shouldn't Nassim and say shout out to Blythe. Shout out to Blythe. My real homie since day one. Well, two well, actually, years. Yeah, two years after two years like after two and a half. One. Yeah. Uh she's great. But Nassim looks at me and she goes, Yeah, Ryan pretends like she doesn't have it together. But she actually does. And I was like, out on the outside, I was like, ah. and on the inside, I was like, no, <laughs> you don't understand. Well, how do you know that you actually don't have it together? Because you're I not, don't know. You're the not judgment is so, yeah. You're not in other people's heads. You don't know to what extent they have it together. You know? Well, that's the wacky thing about high school. Yeah. It's like, we're all judging ourselves based on like, well, I mean, things that turn out to be totally arbitrary. Which I love it, but yeah. Yeah, I just run in the rat race. But like, dude, I was talking to my uh, former coworker because I just quit my job, lol. Um, yeah, and... stick it to the capitalist <laughs> No more wage labor. Yeah. <laughs> I got a fat check, though, for my last paycheck. I'm very happy about that. But... Uh, before I quit my job, I was convincing my coworker to also quit because we're both seniors in high school. And she was like, I'm like killing myself. And I'm like, well, you don't have to stay. Like, I'm not telling you to leave, but if that's what's right for you. And she's like president of like three clubs and uh, like on officers of like bunch more. She got like a, oh my God, like a 1540 on the SAT and she goes to PCS, so she's taking, like, eight APs this year, right? And so I was like, oh, my God. Like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. How is this person, like, she's like, the the funny thing about this is that she was like, yeah, I'm really hoping I get into colleges. Yeah. And you're like, wait, no, that's what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, like, let's hope. She's, like, crossing my fingers, and I'm like, wait, What? Like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, even if you're doing the absolute most, everyone is still like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Well, yeah, well, I think it would be worse if people were, oh, I'm absolutely doing enough. I'm fine. Because then you'd have no motivation to I improve. Guess. Yeah. Because then, then people who are only doing mediocre would start thinking they're doing great and they, the opposite. Yeah, totally. Well, it also, like, when, when you get into that, like, I'm never doing enough, I'm never doing enough, you have to, like, think about taking care of yourself. Fuck myself, dude. <laughs> I care about the people. I care about the people. The I people care about like the it. college board. Yeah, the people care about it when I'm depressed and I make cool stuff that they like, and I'm going to appease them. I'm going to make more cool stuff yeah. and just... Like and die. accomplish things and have gray hairs by age 25. I am oh in. Oh my god. <laughs> you're, you're in. It's like, oh dude, I I just don't understand anymore how, how people are like, oh, like I just have to be absolutely perfect all the time. 
You don't? Because imagine no. how cool it would be to be absolutely perfect all the time. Like you'd be that perfect. That doesn't exist. You wouldn't That's have impossible. any problems. Yeah, but if you get so if you you can get infinitely it's you can infinitesimally closer to it. Infinitesimally. It's like, yeah, so infinitely. Lit, by the way. <laughs> in, <laughs> I think it's actually a math term. Okay. But sure. Uh but, but you you can it, there's uh it's okay, there's perfection. Now we just had this conversation about what is good and right. whatnot. But let's just use the uh, the definition of what seems good, what we think of as good is good, what uh-huh. seems bad isn't. Just go off a of connotation. There's perfect, you're never gonna reach that. But that's like no. a limit. And you can get closer and closer and closer to that limit. You mm-hmm. can be one away, you can be 0.5 away, you can be 0.25 away. Isn't being 0.25 away better than being one away? I mean, in theory, in theory, but in real life, like, why? So here's a question. Who's more perfect? The person who's more perfect or the person who decided to take some time to take care of themselves and ultimately are living a better, happier life? Well, it depends on where you place your value. Yeah. Because if you place your value on being absolutely outstanding in everything but having absolutely no sense of limits for yourself or self-worth or stability like that sounds awesome i am jealous of those people i want to be a workaholic that's so bad Uh uh-huh you don't like i like that is i just think that's such a great problem to have is to have a horrible relationship with everyone in your life because you just can't help slaving away at stuff (laughs) i can't even (laughs) tell if you're being serious or not people always complain it's like oh it's it's a it's a certain kind of humble brag like Oh, I work so hard. I need to spend more time with my family. Oh, man. I just can't help but get up in the morning and just be productive all the time. I hate it. I would give so much to just innately be productive all the time. Yeah. Well, I would love to just, like, have everything in my life have some sort of, like, productive value. Mm -hmm. But I value people too much. (laughs) value it's like that's my least favorite thing anyone ever says i'm way too empathetic for my own good i'm forgiving to a fault shut up no people who say they're too forgiving being an unempathetic sociopath is so much worse yeah no it's it's terrible and like people who say like oh i'm forgiving to a fault it's, well, because, uh, like, people use that to yeah. manipulate people. Even if they are victims of molestation, it makes me mad. Oh, my God. Well, forgiving to a fault can, uh, of course, be like, uh, I don't know how to stand up for myself. That's just, like, not knowing how to stand up for yourself. Yeah. When you say, I'm forgiving to a fault, you're basically saying, like, you could do anything. And I'd be like, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Even if the thing was, like, not... <laughs> in any way like something that you should have to be forgiven for like that's happened yeah. to me so many times well what they're what they're doing is they're is they're taking a positive trait that they actually want to be mm-hmm. and then they're saying that they have it so much that it actually sucks but yeah. really in it's their brain they're actually th- sucking yeah it, no but it gives them but it, it actually gives them that high of like oh well, actually, what, what, like, uh, you know, it's actually awesome because yeah. they want to be so empathetic and so forgiving. It's like saying that you have like a 14-inch dick 
and yeah. talking about how much it sucks. It's like, oh, oh I can't sucks. have sex. It's terrible. <laughs> but oh, secretly, it's secretly. Inside, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. seriously, it's exactly like that. Because a lot of times they don't actually, it's, it's complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's horseshit. They're like, they don't actually have these qualities at all and they actually suck. But they like mask their suckiness under this like yeah. layer of like, oh, I'm so great. What they don't want to do is say, I'm such an awesome person because I'm so empathetic. So they take that exact same meaning and they hide it under the facade of, I'm such a bad person. I'm so empathetic. Yeah. When you're, what you're actually communicating to me. Because then they can still be a bad person. They can be a terrible person. Yeah. And they have the excuse of like, it's because I'm too empathetic. Well, no, it's not that. It's that they can do bad things but still be a good person. Well, in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, everyone who they affect knows that they're actually a bad person, but it's, like, self-justifying. Yeah, they treat being a good person like being Asian. No matter what you do, you're still Asian. Right. So it's (laughs) the same thing. Like, you could be a mass murderer, but, like, I'm so empathetic. Oh, I'm so empathetic. Yeah, well, it's like that I killed all those people for their own good. Yeah. Yeah, like, they weren't gonna... For the record, if you're one of those obnoxious people who say, I'm way too forgiving, we're not saying that you are going to be a mass murderer. No, necessarily. we're just saying that you, like, still kind of suck. Yeah, we're just saying, like, shut up. We're just saying, Get like, life. just shut up. Just stop. Just stop talking about yourself like that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't waste time talking about how much you are of anything. Just do it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I've never understood the complicated, like, oh, I'm going to talk about all of my attributes so much that my entire life is just me talking about them. Mm -hmm. I don't actually do anything. Yeah. I'm just like, because if you say like, Oh, I'm I'm such a such a workaholic. Like I work so hard. I work yeah. myself way too hard. But then like, I just I'm a partner at my law firm, and I'm only 27. I I can't stop. I'm just working I myself just can't to death. Stop. Uh. Yeah, like and we know you're what obviously you're actually... just looking for someone to pat you on the head yeah. and tell you to take a vacation. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, like I, know, I know what you're actually trying to communicate, which is. Uh, I'm better than you. Oh, oh I'm better. I'm better than you, and you're obviously not doing enough mm-hmm. because I'm just on such another level. <laughs> I was talking about AP Lit. We were having this conversation, but like five minutes ago, we were like, "We're better than you." <laughs> but no, I mean, but see, at least that was for the meme. We're upfront about it. See, and if that we were goes bad back people, to the we'd thing. be like. I'm, I'm smart to a fault. I'm an AP lit. It's so hard. To, it's so hard. We have to write an essay just, with four other people. <laughs> I just so, can't cope with being in regular yeah, I can't school. cope with being a gifted student. I can't. Oh, my God. Yeah, well. Yeah. And that's why it's almost always better for people to just be upfront about it. Like, that's why... That, that's why it's always it's always a breath of fresh air when, especially back in like back in freshman sophomore year, when mm-hmm. everyone there was a little just bit more like a social strata and people were less chilled out about stuff. Yeah. The the people who obviously cared deeply about their academic achievement, but said, "Well, I don't think grades really matter. You know, it's about who you are as a person, and it's it's totally fine. Your grades have nothing to do with the way I think about you." Meanwhile, they're slaving away to get all A's, so obviously they're judging themselves. Yeah. But then they're saying to other people, "You're there. You you mean to." You want me to believe that uh, you're not judging me for it when I can see how much you're judging yourself for it. Yeah. But then there's always the couple. It's like, 
like Bryce and Lucas and stuff who are just like, yes, my academic achievements are better than yours. That makes me better than you. Ha. And yeah. like, that is so, it's so refreshing Amazing. for people. If, like if, so, if someone wants something to brag about it, Amazing. just brag about it. Don't hide it. If behind. you're going to brag, just be real. Yeah. Just like if you're going to flex, you better like milk it. Mm-hmm. You better take it as far as you possibly can. Because then at least you're being self-aware. If you can communicate to me, hey, I'm about Hey, I'm about to be a douchebag. Let me be a douchebag for a second. I'll probably say sure. You just have to do that level of communication with the way that you speak. <laughs> yeah, you just got to be like, yeah. well, not to suck my own dick, but like mm-hmm. I did this super awesome thing and I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. Like I respect that way more than I'm such a terrible person. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Poor me. The irony is that we are we are two 17-year-olds in front of a <laughs> Uh, poorly keyed out green screen telling the internet how to live their lives and communicate with people. <laughs> because yeah. we're obviously better. I mean, we are an AP lit, but on the other hand, <laughs> we, like, we are an AP We are an AP lit, and that just means that we're like in a completely yeah. separate plane, just a higher plane of existence. But see, there are adults who took AP lit who know more than us. Like, who are we to talk about them? Adults can be so stupid, though. Yeah, but like, so can kids. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm always a little bit turned off by the whole, people don't treat teenagers with the respect that they should. Because teenagers suck. Yeah, because teenagers are so mature. They're terrible. We, we are, are terrible. terrible. I say they. <laughs> I say they. Like the yeah. whole, like everything in this. Yeah. Us. <laughs> us. Them. Like all of this entire situation, it's all they. Mm-hmm. I guess. I I don't know, man. Because uh, like I become self-aware of my teenageriness sometimes, especially I have like having a younger sibling. And you have younger siblings, too. So you probably understand this on some level. But, like, seeing my younger sibling go through the same phases that I did, going through the same... Not, like, phases, like... (laughs) Like... Like, goth phase. Yeah, goth phase. Like, my my weeb phase, Mm -hmm. like, back in middle school. But, like, seeing Blythe go through my, like, the same emotional turmoil... (laughs) I'm like, oh damn, like it's a whole different sense of perspective when you see a younger sibling go through the same yeah. stuff that you did, and you realize and wait, you're that like, was me only a couple years ago. That was me because when you're in it, you're like, it's it's life and death. It's so serious, and I mean, in a way, it is because I mean, how you're feeling is like real and it's really affecting your life. But like when once you're outside of that and you see this sort of like like the cynicism of being a young teenager and just like everything's terrible and I'm gonna be sad about it yeah and I'm gonna sit in the car and stare out the window like this Mm -hmm. right like (laughs) once you're out of that you see it and you're like man teenagers I know. That's my motto. I may We're be boomers. Seven, I may be 17, but at least I'm not 14, okay, guys? Oh, true. Yeah. Like, man, I I may be, like, struggling through 17, but at least I'm not 12 anymore. Yeah. Because that is, like, at least it's over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I love calling everyone, like, 
older than 17 a boomer just because mm-hmm. it's sort of like the when... element of like <laughs> haha you're older than me you're old mm-hmm. like isn't it crazy though that like people who were in high school but were older than us they're adults now and oh, they like I know. do adult stuff Oh, I know. Like, that's going to be us sooner than we like to <gasps> no. think. Well, also, like, being a senior and seeing people who, like, you knew as seniors, and now that you're having their experience, you're like, you are so much less cool than I thought you were for being a senior. Hmm. Like, you as a yeah. person, if if we're friends, you're still great. And if we were not friends, you still, I mean, okay. But, like, I... I I don't know, man. I used to, like, place so much value on, like, being older. Yeah. And I'm still like, ah, freshman. Because <laughs> everyone is. Yeah. But in reality, like, it, it's so much less cool than I thought. Kind of disappointing, honestly. Yeah. It's like seniors in high school are basically eighth graders. They're, sure, yeah. they're at the top of yeah. their little chunk. But... Yeah. Oh my then, god. Then now you move to the next now you're the underdog again in the next phase. I know. And mm-hmm. then you go through that and then you're suddenly an adult and you're like, "Oh, this is so much less cool than I thought." Mm-hmm. Like, well even I had a lot of experience of like almost adulthood this summer. Like when I sort of had a job and I had a car and I was doing lots of stuff on my own and then I actually realized like for real how much responsibility you have to have. And I don't even pay any bills yet. Yeah. It, it was, like, a whole other, like, layer of stress. Like, I understand why adults are so mad about shit all the time. Because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's fucked, dude. Like, it's, it's, it's like, once, once you get to the, the world of, like, everyone's an adult and there's no high school structure people are just going to act the way that they're going to act. Yeah. You don't know who passed the AP Lang exam and who didn't. So no. it's like, it, it's, it's a zero-sum game. <laughs> you don't even know anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like people are going to act how they're going to act, and if they have a, a like position of power over you, you don't have the comfort of being like, we're all just in high school, we're all just doing this. Like, if it's like your boss, mm-hmm. like if you have a boss that sucks they're they're just an adult and they're just gonna be the way that you are the way that they are and you just have to like deal with it Mm -hmm. you can't like retreat into your own circle i don't know i don't know if that even like makes sense when it's coming out of my mouth but i I, i've got a feeling that you're trying to communicate and you're doing (laughs) yeah see it I just Life's don't. sad, stressful, responsibilities, lots, stress, lots. Stress, lots, stress, bad, have to deal, I guess. Sure. A okay, short fine. poem. A short poem by me. <laughs> Turn- you just got to put the line breaks in completely random places. That's how it that's And then how- it turns into a, yeah. a um, oh my gosh, the lady who wrote uh, that Milk and Honey book. I'm Ruby Carr? Sure. No, I, think I her don't know Ruby. what you're talking about. Dude, um, for realsies? No. no. It's like all of her poems are just like sort of vague thoughts, but she like puts the line spacing in such a way that it's like, this is a poem now. Ex- just after reading the lice, I realized being a poet is easy. 
you think about something, it doesn't really have to make sense, then you write it. Then you uh, type, then you like type into the like Google uh, find and replace, the Google Docs find and replacing. You uh, remove all the periods and the commas. The lack of punctuation in the lice. Then you literally go to me. random places in the paragraph and go click enter, click enter, click enter. I and you've got yourself a poem. You've got yourself a poem. Wait, that makes so much sense because I love poetry. It like, it makes no sense and it's wrong. And the aesthetic of it. It's like astrology. I love. <laughs> it's like we're bringing it full circle. This is a narrative now. Everything comes back to astrology. I just always read po like po poetry, poetry. Now, poetry, they do, they always define poetry as what? Writing that through this, the structure and actually the aesthetic aspects of the writing enhances the meaning. That's all writing. It, yeah. No matter what you write, you're the reader's reading it in their head. It has a rhythm to it. You have to employ stuff like that and imagery and all the poetic devices and whatnot. But poetry as in you've got a book of poetry that a poet wrote. A poet. I, and they have awards for it. They're like, you're going to be the yeah. poet laureate. I've been trying to like see how that's a legitimate, respectable art form for a long time, and I haven't mm -hmm. quite gotten there yet. I read poetry, and I'm like, this is just shitty rap lyrics. <laughs> it's a rap that's not good. Yeah, exactly. It's if, you, if, if, if the we're rap making a rap slap. song... If, you're, if we're making a rap song, and I'm like, okay, Ryan, you've got to give me 16 bars, but then it's 14 bars, but, like, they don't really rhyme that much, uh -huh. and it doesn't really make sense. I'm like, come on, Ryan, you can, you can do better than this. Come on, yeah. write, something, write something that actually makes sense. I'm just a poet. Yeah. I can't help it. It's my I, art. It's definitely, I definitely think people uh, use abstraction as a defense against oh, not absolutely. actually meaning anything. But I've also read poems that are literally just, it's just prose. Like, prose, like, artful writing. It's mm -hmm. just, like, that one that we wrote the essay on in Genty's class. Yeah. About, it was the, the dude with the Alienation. book. No, 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 no. It was the other one. The dude with the book. Uh, Shoot, hold on. He sent the book in an envelope. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, like, wondering where it was. Yeah, and the homeless that guy. That was just a he short thinks, story. He thinks that, exactly. I, I read that. Thank you. I read that. I thought, this reads better as a short story. Yes. If you... Fix the punctuation. It's still just as valid, and now I just read and it as a short story. And now it's just a short story. A lot of poems, I think, would would work better if you just make it a little bit more specific. You can still have metaphors and imagery and all that. That's all great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But just make it something comprehensible, and just it's writing. Yeah. It's just it's just stream of consciousness writing, and that's valid. But I would see that as a brainstorming technique. You mm -hmm. write poetry, and then you think, okay, how am I going to make poetry this? Poetry would make great brainstorming yeah so you write that and then you and then what you would do after that if you weren't lazy like poets <laughs> careful <laughs> you could like get into some dangerous poet roasting territory no I, I i roast all as soon as someone says i write poetry i automatically hate them <laughs> estelle writes poetry estelle, yeah but like it's it's an uphill estelle, battle sweetie think, i'm so sorry no estelle i like you but it's despite the fact that you write poetry <laughs> but yeah uh but back to what you were saying before i interrupted you yeah so rudely so i'm so you, sorry no it's it's a, po it's a podcast is what happens <laughs> yeah we started off talking about astrology and now we're here we're roasting poetry yeah. Um, you, you so you write this this jarbled mess of things that are emotionally evocative to you because I can write stuff that you read and you're like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> but to me it is deeply painful and yeah. emotional 
So then it's my job as the artist to translate that into something that can actually be communicated to people with that with something that actually takes structure and oh I don't know work. These these poets make me so mad. Even the cool ones like we're all supposed to like Charles Bukowski and like sh sure fine he he actually had a job for most of his life and then he wrote poetry on the side. That's cool. But if someone if their occupation is a poet yeah. That means they waltzed out of bed at 11 a.m., thought, what am I going to write today? Uh -huh. And just mashed some keys. And unlike the rest of us who try to actually make something entertaining out of it, they say, I'm done. People are pretentious enough to pretend to like this. Oh, I know. Well, that is what really gets me. Because I love, like, I, I don't know. Some things about poetry, like some different kinds of poetry... I really like but when like when it just makes no sense mm -hmm. and it has no structure and it couldn't even be like a narrative that's deconstructed for the aesthetic it's literally just like mm -hmm. I I can't I can't get behind that and when people are like oh it's so brave I'm like what but what are you saying and also, like, the the one thing that I... told I've... a physicist to stop watching poets. You can also probably click off right about now. Oh, Estelle is already, like, so bad. Um, but... We can't read the, the live comment feed, but... Uh, oh, we can't? We can't. Oh, rip. But I'm, sh I'm sure it'll be entertaining. But, oh, yeah, it'll be so good. But, um, <laughs> like, if you're... Oh, my gosh, wait, where was my train of thought? What was I talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The one thing that I've learned from being an artist is that sometimes it's not that deep. Mm -hmm. it, like sometimes you write something because that's how you want it to sound. Yeah. Or that's how you want it to look. You're not like the blue represents like a deep sea of like longing, and like that's what it represents in the poem. Like sometimes. Sometimes the wall is just blue. Yeah. Because you have a picture, like a physical picture in your brain. And red would look bad, so now it's... Yeah, so now it's blue. Or that's literally just like you had a thought and that was the first thing that came to your mind and you like that image, you just want to write it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, s some authors, sure, they put Easter eggs in everything. Everything has like 50 million different layers underneath the actual words. But sometimes it's not that deep. Yeah. People definitely overanalyze all art. Oh, definitely. Like, it's really... Like, I understand having a, a color scheme that you want to uh, sort of, uh, like, put forth this certain image, like a certain vibe. I understand vibes. Mm -hmm. Vibes, I'm down with those. You like astrology. We've already established <laughs> this. I'm not going to let that go in case you were wondering. No, it's okay. I own it. I own it. I'm self-aware. But, um, like, if, if you're, if you want people to do all of this work to make your, your piece deliberately difficult to understand, that's just like, it's just like a wank. Mm -hmm. You're just like, yeah, I'm smart and this is super complicated and it, like you taking a lot of work to try and figure it out and piece it together just means that I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Like, isn't that, isn't that on your mind, people who write, 
poetry, you bastards. Estelle. <laughs> Estelle, you bastard. Isn't that like isn't that on your mind? You're like you you write something and you have this metaphor that you want to get across. But then you sleep on it, you know, you wake up in the morning and you read your poet you read your poem again and you think, I think this metaphor only makes sense to me. Yeah. The reader's not gonna get this. Shoot, I want them to like feel what I'm feeling, so I need to word it in a way where it's more clear so that they actually get the metaphor. Yeah. Doesn't isn't that an issue for you? It's like how are, are people gonna actually understand what I'm saying? Seriously. Cause I think that's one of the reasons why I genuinely really dislike most academic writing. Mm-hmm. Is because it's inaccessible on purpose. Yeah. It's inaccessible for the sake of only being able to be understood by a certain, like, select group of well-educated people. Yeah, it's like people who think that they're better than everyone else for being an AP lit. Like, they just want to <laughs> they just want to be in some elite circle. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just want to have the circle where they're all, like, we're so great. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't understand that whole concept of I'm going to make this incomprehensible solely so that me and, like, five other people understand what it means. Yeah. Because most people are able to grasp abstract concepts. Yeah. No, Like, if you have a metaphor that works, people will get it. People will get it, and they'll understand because that's humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it doesn't have to be this huge, inaccessible, only-for-smart-people thing. That That's not how life should be. Mm-hmm. We should all be trying to understand each other. Not, but... Like, the ego gets in the way. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I care about being smart more than I, like, care about, I don't know, having people understand what I'm saying and being on some, like, common ground. Yeah, it's just interesting to me because I don't quite think I get the I want people to be turned off by this Yeah. motive. I just... I, I don't get it. I've You know, I, I, I get... I'm going to make this deliberately incomprehensible because if anyone asks me what this means, I don't want to have that conversation because it's too personal or something like that. Yeah. Fine, make art for yourself that no one understands. That's great. Yeah. But if you put something out there and you expect people to enjoy it, you should make an effort to make it accessible to them and make it something that they're actually capable of digesting. Completely. Well, that's why I'm a performer. Is because I want like people to like find enjoyment in like what I put out there in the world. Like what is the point? That's why like most experimental theater really bugs me mm-hmm. cuz I like ah oh god, I don't get why you would like go out and do something incomprehensible and the audience is supposed to be like, "Oh, like it means that there is like an inner struggle and like the bowl of water represents your hopes and dreams and like the interpretive dance." Like no. It's basically like translating tongue speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. You're giving a bunch of random stimuli. People are going to come up, just like they saw a face on the moon, they're mm-hmm. going to come up with a reason why it makes sense. Yeah. We're good at detecting patterns. It's just you should actually be trying to keep starting with something that's a pattern. Yeah. Well, you make art and you make performance that people enjoy. That's the entire point. Yeah. Like, that's like entertainment <laughs> yeah, and shouldn't you be able to tell like oh this is cool like sure i made this or i'm in charge of it but i can try to step out of that for a second and think if i'm just a random person do i think this is cool that that should be your motivation yeah well and also like people disguise bad lazy writing with just oh well it's like above that level 
Because something can be widely accessible and entertaining and still be really smart. Yeah. Like, it can be good and still be smart. I think that it sometimes doesn't have being to make no sense. good is a prerequisite for being considered smart. Yeah, because if you're just like, I'm going to write a bunch of metaphors in here that don't make sense, that are super vague and convoluted, and, like, only, you know, it's like this whole, like, pearls before swine thing, but swine is literally everyone except for you mm-hmm. and whoever is like working on the project with you who is also super excited that they're as smart as you yeah <laughs> but it's <laughs> it sounds like something that i would do when i was 11 yeah why why, why are you an adult <laughs> yeah because it's like i because it's like you want to feel special mm-hmm. and some people like don't like, some people think that they have to be better than other people to Why would you be ever good. think that? <laughs> comparing yourself to others, what an immature loser. Ah, comparing yourself to others, so immature, so loserly. But, like, for real, though, like, you don't have to be better than everyone to be good. What's good, right? Oh, no, so no, let's just say that, back to this. Let's just say that you want to be good by your own standards. Uh-huh. How do you set those standards? By looking at what traits you see in other people that you like and looking at ones that you don't like. And then That's you calibrate true, those actually. and you think, okay, well, what do I want to be like? Mm-hmm. Inherently, you're comparing yourself to, to others other people. by having any standards for yourself at all. Yeah. Right? That's true. Wow. I feel expanded. But, like... <laughs> but... I, I just think, like, you know, not in a way of, like, I want to emulate, emulate traits that I personally like. Because a lot of that has to be with, has to do with, like, the way that someone treats other people. Or the way that someone moves through the world. If you want to emulate that, it it doesn't necessarily mean that you think that you are better or worse than that person. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, yeah, I don't know. I need chapstick. All right, chapstick up. Chapstick up. I always I found chapstick in the um, pocket of my jacket this morning, and I was like, "Oh, sick! Wait, did it fall?" Oh. I just bumped the monitor. Everything goes black. Systems down. Everything. <laughs> no, dude. I love those like. Um, the lights go off sequentially. Are... <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen the uh, outtake from Parks and Rec? No. Where <laughs> it's like really um uh like well known thing. This is like melted, which is why I'm like eh, eh, eh. I can put on chapstick like a normal person. This is just like it'll fall apart. Yeah. But um Chris Pratt was like and I never watched the show, I just saw the video by like I don't know, some random thing on the internet. But Chris Pratt is like running into the room and he has a briefcase in his hand and he does this like cool slide on a table but in the process he accidentally hurls the briefcase at the wall and it smacks right in the center of the light switch Uh and all of the lights in the room yeah just go go off it's like it's almost impressive in a weird way yeah you're tossing a pencil when you can fuck up technology so bad yeah and then it hits and then by chance it lands in the trash can like what's the what's the probability of that i know yeah well trick shots are always gonna be cool like i don't think i'll ever like i'm sure those those guys like the dude perfect guys Mm -hmm. have done 
like an incredible and insane amount of videos they've been making videos forever and they're just like sh- throwing basketballs at shit yeah but and they do it enough times then eventually it looks cool <laughs> yeah and, but it's always gonna be cool yeah like that's why they still have subscribers mm-hmm. is because there's like some odd response up where you're here. just like oh is it gonna <sighs> <laughs> and you're like yes yeah. the basketball went in the thing mm-hmm. that is sick <laughs> that's something like wh- whoever like you have to be a real like a a droid like a robot to see something like that should be super technically improbable actually happen and be like eh. the odds of that were only one to three point seven five it's actually not that it's shut up robot well, like that was me when josh got called for poem memorization three weeks in oh, a row yeah, yeah i thought you were talking about we were in the same period they were talking about we josh you know yeah yes well here's here's the problem with that like, is uh remember uh you'll always hear stories about this from uh a certain group of people mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll say where they're like this x happened and isn't it a crazy coincidence that i happened to say that's just like i happened to tell this kid like Hey, you're having uh, like trouble. You're not destined to be like your dad. For example, if you oh, were to say that, mm, and like oh, mm. here's here's the problem with saying I've had improbable things happen in my life. Therefore, this coincidences happen. Yeah. If you live your entire life without crazy coincidences that should have never happened occurring, that's improbable. Extremely. Is if if you ask someone to take a piece of paper and write out a bunch of random number, write out randomly generated digits from one to nine, mm-hmm. they're not going to go one 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 two two two. But an actually random sequence that's just as likely as three four eight three eight etc. Yeah, yeah. So stuff is gonna line up, and it's gonna be spooky. Yes. It's just it, oh, it, and it's just as likely. And the spookiness is always going to be cool. Yeah. But that doesn't mean. Yeah, so Josh being picked three times is actually—it was crazy. Yeah, but th- and then the, kind then of awesome. Perspective: How many times has have people clicked the generate random number from one to eighteen on Google? It's exactly. totally probably gonna happen. Yeah, because uh, I, someone calculated it in class. I think Reed did, and it was like some huge like one in three bunch of bunch of zeros, right? But like literally every outcome. Is that Literally exact every same probability? Yeah. Like, every, every outcome is that exact same probability. And in between all of those weeks, those probabilities have been, like, cycling through. Yeah. We just happened to be, like, there when it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And we just have a bias for uh, randomly generated numbers that are meaningful to us. Yeah. Which it's, it's just, just as random. Because also, no... wasn't it a different number every time? Well, yeah. Because he didn't... But then, but then it's just like, well, he happened to get the same one. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it wasn't the probability, like, he was number three every time. Number three got picked, like, three weeks in a row. Like, it was a completely different number that was at a different place in 1 to 19. And he just happened to be holding it every time. It's still... But he got chosen at different uh, positions within the 1, 2, 3... Uh, with within the like the one two three order of okay the first person to try to do it and second person to try to do it it's really yeah because it wasn't like it wasn't like we yeah. clicked it three times in a row yeah it, like we we all we all were flabbergasted by it by it because Josh 
we put ourselves in his shoes and he's like, oh, he's got to do it again. Dude. Like that's, that's that a funny crazy. situation. But the yeah, actual also, numbers of it. Yeah, because also the first week he said to me, he was like, I don't know. I can't like do this in front of people. It gives me so much anxiety. Like there's no way. Like if I get called, I'm not going to be able yeah. to like deal with it. I like can't do it. I get so much anxiety. And then he got called three weeks in a row probably helped him with his uh fear of public speaking or yeah well because by the last time he yeah, was, by the like, last time, oh, was like okay here, god here we go the again art of losing isn't hard to master <laughs> the art of losing isn't hard to master oh my god yeah i was surprised he didn't get picked for lear because mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been a real trip it would have been the same probability as uh, as Emily getting picked for Lear. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and that well, that oh. yeah. If every single that person day. got picked except for you, you're not more likely to get picked this time. Yeah, everyone has the same chance because it, it resets. Yeah, I don't know. Probabilities weird. Math makes my brain hurt. Uh. <sighs> Man, it, it's just like and crazy coincidences like that happen. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, like, the universe... Because, of course, the the voice inside of me is like, it's the universe! Yeah. We cherry-pick all the times that there actually is a coincidence, and we forget... And we're the, like, the universe Literally is every other second of your life where it's not a coincidence. Yeah. Like, you cannot count the... You can count the amount of times something totally crazy has happened by chance. Right. In your life. You can't count the amount of times that... Theoretically, maybe something coincidental, totally crazy, could have happened, but it didn't. Because that's happening right now. Yeah. That's happening just as we speak. A bunch of coincidences are not happening. No. And so when it finally happens, we're all surprised, but that's just the luck of the draw. Yeah, the generator is still generating. Yeah. But it's not like landing on a number that we recognize. Mm -hmm. It's just like all happening in the background. And then the minute something crazy happens, it's like, oh, it's like a sign from the universe yeah. but isn't it like it's fun to it is think. fun it's like well this means that they, like if you let that influence your decision yeah it's like okay uh you know flower petal picking or that's not like the best example yeah, but right. it's not something cliche like that uh it, it is sort of fun to be like well you know what this is and even i get that mentality sometimes mm-hmm. and i am not exactly what one would call a christian or a believer in god right some people may not know that for those of you who are uninitiated <laughs> Frank's not a believer Frank's not a christian <laughs> um you uh it, it like even i think some some coincidence will happen and i'm like this is god telling me no it's not frank no it's but not. there's that brief little glimmer that it's I, like you just it's can't the help. universe yeah it's the universe well because i think that like people will make decisions in their lives and then be surprised by the outcomes of those decisions. That is one of my biggest philosophies is that, you know, your conscious decisions that you make have subconscious motives. They Mm. always do. Whenever you do something, there's always a reason for doing it. Even if that reason is I'm just going to do something. Like there's some subconscious process that your brain goes through when you decide what you're going to do and why everything even if you like are walking straight and you turn right your brain had to fire something off say i'm gonna go right right (laughs) and so when those like decisions that you make if you don't recognize the subconscious uh like motivation behind that decision but then you 
do realize it in the outcome of that decision, if that makes sense. Like, if you're thinking about, um, if, if you're thinking about, like, something, like, if you're trying to get a job and you're looking for, you're always looking for something. Yeah. Right? You always know, maybe you're not consciously thinking about what you're looking for, but you're still looking for it. And then when it appears, you shouldn't be surprised that it did because in your subconscious mind, you were still looking for it. Mm -hmm. It's like weird because like people talk about like the, the law of attraction and all that stuff. Like, oh, I just need to like wish for money and like it'll come to my life. Yeah. But if it's on your mind enough, like, you're, yeah, that's going to seep into what you actually do. It actually happens because like it's not going to be a total coincidence. If you do have money come into your life, it's because you are looking for it. Mm-hmm. Like, we shouldn't be surprised that we find the things that we're looking for. If you are looking for a reason to quit your job... You'll find it. Uh, you'll find it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And then... Because that's, like, what really gets me with this whole, like... And then I had this crazy experience that couldn't happen unless it was some, like, sign from the universe telling me, like, you were looking for it. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh... <laughs> that was, like, when... Do you remember uh, Mr. C... From, he taught uh, math. He taught algebra one. I was not uh, at Monta Vista in before eighth grade. Oh, you can't miss out Monta Vista in eighth grade. Yeah. I thought you were there since seventh grade. Nope, bruh. Time isn't real anymore. My freshman year self is like, yes, they think I'm one of the old hats. <laughs> they think I'm one of them. Well, you technically are. If you were an eighth grader, you are. But um, he he taught algebra and he quit in the middle of the year. He left in the middle of the year, like at the semester. And the, the story that he told us when we were all leaving for our winter break, and he was like, guys, I'm leaving. And the message was that God told him directly to go teach Bible. Yeah. Instead of math, right? And if if you believe that, you know, God is a part of your own brain, if, if that's like what you're... Or that God can directly communicate to you. Yeah, like, that's that's your thing. But in reality, like, he was looking for a reason to do that. Yeah. And he found the reason. It was given to him by the actions that he took in his life. Yeah. And he was like, you guys. Humans are incredibly good at rationalizing. So You can good. convince yourself of whatever you want if there's a strong enough emotional motive behind it. Yeah. And it's like that's that that's one of the more difficult things is to like recognize yeah. why you're actually doing something. Like something that sort of relates to that is I did the podcast with Josiah, right? Uh-huh. He uh he was like uh he texted me, he was supposed to show up at like ten AM. He's like, Hey Frank, uh can I I'm gonna be late. Uh, can we like uh push it back to like eleven? I'm like, sure, of course. You know, I, I'm the one who's asking him to come over to do the podcast. I'm not I'm not gonna be mean about it. Yeah, right. Um and then he, he gets there, he gets there like uh, like a little bit earlier than he said he was. After mm-hmm. the re- revision of the arrival time, he gets there early. He's like, hey Frank, how are you doing? Yeah, um, I was I was going to leave, but then God was telling me to read the Bible. So I decided, so I texted me, so I texted you and said, hey, I'm going to be a little bit later so I could read my Bible because that's what God was telling me to do. But then while I was reading my Bible, like 20 minutes in, God told me to come over to your house. So I decided to come over to your house. And so I asked him, so uh, if God told you to shoot up a Planned Parenthood, would you? And he goes, well, then I know it's not God. What? Like, what? <laughs> what? 
do. How do you tell? How do you tell? You tell? Yeah, he's like, I've been getting better at telling which one is God and which one's just me. No. Have you ever considered that maybe it's <laughs> both it's all you? Yeah, because <laughs> like, if you have a strong enough emotional imperative to be a terrorist, yeah, then you will rationalize well, your way into saying that God's telling you to do it. And people do. Yeah. And people do all the time. They're like, this is what God wants. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. Who said? God. But where? Where where did it come from? Where did you intercept I it? Ju- I could just it's I can just you. tell. No, I can just tell. <laughs> you can Trust me. So, I know that you're not saved, you're not a, a believer yet, but trust me, when when God speaks to you, it's very clear when it's God. I can tell. I am an ex-Catholic. I was raised a little Catholic girl with uh good uh good habits. I went to church every Sunday. And I thought that, like, every time something good happened, it was the Holy Spirit. And if I got a thought, it was the Holy Spirit telling me what to do, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to, uh, like, let go of faith, I still got those thoughts. Yeah. I still... What are you, is there, like, a time thing? No, I'm just, I mean, I'm just looking at... I'm just observing. Oh, okay. Eh. They cool. can't see that, so we're just looking at we're just looking, <laughs> we're just looking at <laughs> to the right. And they're like, "What are they talking about? <laughs> what are they talking about? It's a it's a monitor." Yeah, but I I still got those thoughts, and you know if you if if you believe that you are not in complete control of your brain, then like I I can't argue with that. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. Who's to say? Right? I personally think that my thoughts come from a place within myself that I actually have the power to know. Mm-hmm. Like, I have the power to know where those thoughts are coming from. It's very easy to give an explanation that's like, well, it's coming from somewhere else. It can't possibly be coming from me. But I'm a believer that, you know, you can sort of, if you sit with your feelings long enough, You'll know where they come from. No, you can, you can tell. It's just, and maybe it's hindsight bias. Maybe it's looking back and it's a couple years ago, so you're okay with admitting that you're a terrible person or back then. <laughs> so that you can say, well, no, that was actually done for selfish reasons. But yeah. I really do think that there's some, that every single time you say something, but your ulterior motive is not what you purport it to be, there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance in there. You can yeah. just sort of tell, you know what? I actually just want people to think I'm smart. And that's why I'm telling this story again. Yeah. You know, I'm actually like, sure, it's a fun, it's a funny story about how uh, X person did something stupid and it's genuinely funny, but you're telling that because subconsciously you want to seem better than them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's us talking about how people want uh, people to see them as better than other people. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, we're not like that. <laughs> well, I, I am like that. I, I, it drives me insane. Like what, what would happen is I would notice this correlation where if there's someone in the room who say I'm like kind of like romantically interested in, mm-hmm. and I will only tell stories or say things in like a friendly way about like some other guy, but it'll be but it'll have the moral of the story is like oh they did like something dumb or stupid, right. because I've got I've got stories like that, and I, in the moment I think I'm just like telling a funny story, but then it, it, on the way out I think Frank you're an asshole. 
Yeah. You're trying to you're trying to push away the competition. And yeah. it's because I have that subconscious motive. Subconscious feeling. Yeah. yeah. Like I I will seriously be like if I'm on FaceTime with someone and I'm like focusing on what they're saying, I can totally be in pajamas with no makeup on and I will still try and like sit in a way that makes me look okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's this subconscious thing, like, you want to be focusing on the things that are coming out of their mouth more than, like, how you look listening to them. Yeah. But there's, like, a little, there's a little voice that's like, wait, no. Mm-hmm. Get the angle. <laughs> like, gotta get the light good. Yeah. Right? And everyone sees you looking up and to the left, and they're like, wait. Yeah. Well, you can make it so that if their, like, little viewfinder is on the right side, mm-hmm. or if the little viewfinder is, like, close enough to the camera. Oh, so you've got, a, you've got a system. you figured this out. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. put a lot of thought Mostly. into how to mask your vanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, like, and then every time, the other, like, subconscious, like, uh, defense and rationalizing is that if they call you out, you're like, no. Yeah. I'm comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. And I can still be totally comfortable with you, but there's like a little, the the little voice yeah. that's still like performing in a way that like I want to, I want to seem like like I look good. Yeah, there's with I, no makeup on. And there there's this thing where you can do maybe this isn't quite analogous to that, but you can be right about something, but then still have the wrong subconscious motive for it. Totally. You can do something legitimate that's helpful. But you can still have the that you can still your old your act the actual reason why you're doing it isn't what's on the surface. Yeah, well, like the whole like oh like I'm empathetic to a fault thing. Yeah, because like on on the surface like yeah that should be a good thing, but your motive is not to actually be a good person. Your motive is that you want people to think that you're a good person, yeah. which not the same at all. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, people can think, oh, they're so they're so empathetic, they're so forgiving, but you could still be, like, rotten. I need to check what time it is. We never set the It's uh, Yeah, we never set the timer. It's 7.35 p.m. Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Judging <laughs> Other People show with Frank Kelly <laughs> and Ryan Williams Trophy, where we tell you why the reasons you do things are not actually what you think they are. We tell you how to live, and we tell you what your motivations yes. are. We call out all the worst people in the world. They'll be bad. Like people who believe in astrology and poets. <laughs> Dude, people who believe in astrology yeah. and poets. Me. Yeah, it's like people who say that they're that they're uh, that they're forgiving to a fault. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck People you, who dude. write poets, fuck you. And then all the neo-Nazis in the comments are like, wait, I'm used to, uh, I'm cool then? <laughs> no, if you're yeah. a neo-Nazi, you're not cool. Yeah. I just want you to know. But fuck if you're an AP here. lit. If you're an AP lit, we're good. <laughs> and with that, let's uh, go off go off air. Okay, anyway, bye. thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much try- for having yeah. me. It was a fantastic conversation. Uh, Yes. Yeah, it was really good. Did you go off? Um, we're we're not off air. It, uh, going off air is always really awkward. But anyway, t- uh, tune in every Friday, hopefully, and we'll have cool guests on and oh, stuff. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, um, so- there will be food, so please come. Food? No.
Aww. It's digital. You can't eat food. You okay, can't manipulate well, people the same way that you can with like a presentation about bees. <laughs> Club day. <laughs> Wait. <gasps> Do not bring this back to the bee project. It's always back to the bee project. No, that project slapped. Because people are like, ooh, sugar. No. Me like sugar. Me vote for them. We built. <laughs> oh my god. We built a mock-up space elevator. This took a turn. Oh my god. Wait. We'll be done soon. This was the real motive all along. Frank was like, come on the podcast. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll have a light conversation about fun topics. <laughs> fun topics. And it just goes back to middle school. Hold on a second. We put so much work into that project. Yeah, we to ma manipulate people. Yes! <laughs> no! We were legitimately, like, we put so many different pieces together to try and make the best comprehensive presentation. Like, all of our different poster boards for the different fat. Like, we had an entire plan! Yeah, we had an entire plan, too. Ty and I Shoot built... Shoot them up in a space elevator. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Ty and I built a thing that actually put a tiny little piece of a wooden dowel that actually made it launch. We had a whole mock-up of it. We had this great plan for how to have a more efficient way to launch things into space and orbit and... We on, made like, a mock-up, too. We made a mock-up of our honey honeycomb design. Yeah, and you fed people sugar. No, that doesn't invalidate the other work we yes, did, though. Yes, it does. No, it does not. Hang on a second. Are we still in the process? We are, of we are still on air. This took a turn. No. We, uh, a lot of people have no idea what we're talking about is okay. the other thing. So, yeah. oh God, I don't want to explain. Okay. Do you have to like go or something? I have to make dinner. Okay. Yeah, so that people will like your bee project. You can show them the dinner and, hey, by the way, save the bees. No. Oh, my God. The moral of the story is that Frank is wrong. The moral of the even, story, the moral of the story is that if you have a project and you bribe people to vote for your project we being better with bribed sweet treats, no one. We bribed no you one. You are a bad person. <laughs> what? Yes. Abby made a cookbook. The, uh, uh, yeah, you also like you. You can say whatever you can do. Like we cured cancer. If your cure cancer panel has like funny little cookies on it and like little <laughs> cancer cell muffins and stuff you're automatically just trying to like get brownie points from people do you understand how like getting people to like you works uh yes you make food for people and then they like you it's yeah. insidious <laughs> wait so you just want to like overpower people with like pure like yes get on that level like people like you reach people by like connecting with them in some way that they'll like but it's like social because look you can't get sugar, people to understand when them when sugar like, goes on your taste buds then it actually squirts some dopamine in your brain and people think ooh sugar because their <laughs> caveman our caveman brains are thinking ooh this fruit is ripe when real meanwhile they're eating like a, a pastry or something with tons of added I had no idea it. you had this much venom for the bee project I have more venom than is in the bee stinger <laughs> for this bee project. That's like a negligible amount. Yes, that's why I said I have more. If I said I had less, that wouldn't be that much. If I said I had an equal amount. No, but just like the whole... No, because like you connect with people with things that they will uh, like and understand. It's the whole conversation we had earlier about accessibility. If you have to There's like get someone Phoenix. to eat a treat to like listen to your presentation and then understand what they're saying, they're like, yeah, I agree with that. 
then you still got them to understand what you're saying. See, but that's not accessibility. If your project was actually accessible, you wouldn't need the crutch of food. What? Yes. No. You're literally, you could have, you already do it's have a way hook. better argument than it's... me. I'm not going to come around. <laughs> you think that like, if you argue your way out of this, I'm going to change my mind. That's he not going to happen. He knows he's wrong. He knows he's wrong. I'm right. But even if I weren't right, I would Which still think not. I'm right. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Okay. Which means let's we're going nowhere. Stop streaming. Anyway, <laughs> okay, thank you for tuning in. Bye. <laughs> if you see a beast.